Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Nick Hare, Chris Ragg and Jordan Fermanis of Aleph Insights. And this week we're discussing weird news. Nick, this is right up your alleyway, weird as it is. Yeah, um, well, I'm I'm a big fan of weird things, and I subscribe to the 14 Times, for example, which is the Journal of uh, of Unexplained Phenomena, mm. and um, it's been a great uh, month or two actually. Um, the just in, in, so in the last month, we've had the the the. the I suppose the weirdest thing that's happened is the Chinese balloon incident. Mm. Um, so this was uh, between the sort of late January to the beginning of Feb. Um, a what seemed to be some kind of Chinese, some kind of well, let's just stick with the phenomena for now. Uh, a balloon was spotted floating over North America, um, which appeared to have a kind of a big dangly satellite thingy hanging off the bottom of it, and it's big. Um, and uh, so there was a lot of speculation about what it was and where it had come from. And uh, the U.S. government said it was a Chinese spy balloon. Chinese government said, oh, yeah, that is our balloon, but it's actually just a rogue weather balloon. Nothing to see. Um, exactly. Then people were all over America were watching the balloon and taking pictures of the balloon and shooting at the balloon. Um, and eventually it was taken down by an F-22 Raptor. I think the first air-to-air kill uh, by that uh, air airframe. I mean, um, that's cheating, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit. <laughs> talking about shooting balloons there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, then uh, then more interesting stuff comes out. The US, the government then said this is the fifth such balloon, which has, has uh, actually been tracked since 2017. Um, and then some more balloons appeared over Canada of different shapes and sizes. One, I think a couple of which were shot down. Um, yeah. But made they must have they might have just been like people's balloons. That yeah. They, um, so anyway, it's it's a, all, it was it's a all crying seven year old girl out there. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It's just but as well, Phileas Fogg wasn't yeah. on the balloon, <laughs> isn't it? But I, so anyway, it's all very exciting uh, the balloon incident. But like, what, what's good about this is it fits into the, a really nice sort of um, pattern of of the weird news cycle which is first you hear about the weird phenomena, then you get the explanations, and then you get more information, and eventually it starts being um, it starts being sort of wrapped up into a well-understood narrative. That's normal. Um, but at the same time, you know, there are lots of weird stories that pop up that turn out not to be anything at all, like the, uh, the great flesh-eating bug craze of the 1990s, where, um, you know, it looked like there was a whole epidemic of people getting the flesh-eating bug, and it turned out to be just you know, a no totally normal numbers of people getting necrotizing fasciitis and it wasn't an epidemic and they were all completely unconnected. Then you had the killer clowns incident of a couple of years ago where lots of p people started spotting people dressed as clowns lurking around at night. Killing and people. again, no, they weren't <laughs> killing people, but they were dressed as killer clowns. Oh. Um, again, it was a nothing burger, as they say. Um, so the question is, when weird things happen, what is the correct level of, well, what is weird for a start? How can mm. we define weird news? Um, but also, what, what's the correct type of response to weird news? How should you be skeptical? Should you be uh, hysterical or something in between? <laughs> Hysteria every time. Yeah. <laughs> um, guys, go for it. Uh, I looked at sort of, I looked at trust in the news because I think that's a kind of, if, if you're talking about whether something's weird or not, I suppose it's also like how much you trust. Um, the source and where it comes from. Um, and apparently the UK is one of the lowest 
has one of the lowest faiths in media among mm. 27 countries surveyed. I think uh, that's the, presumably a result of our media, as opposed <laughs> yeah, exactly. to yeah. our, our own disposition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But World War Two bomber found on moon. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's slightly up from from 2021. This was in 2022, but it found that 37 percent um, of people said they trusted the media, which is yeah the second lowest of the of the countries surveyed. So I think that could have. Uh, is it 100 percent in Russia? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think China was 90 something. Yeah. So yeah, the was. more authoritative. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but I think that might have an effect on levels of skepticism, because I think if you don't, if you don't trust what you're reading or seeing or, or watching, um, you're, yeah, you're, you're, and it, you're probably likely to, to be quite skeptical of it. Um, and I think that is, yeah. Is, mm, is. Mm, mm, mm. Chris, I want to come to you, but I think this question of what is weird, um, just a brief story, which is um, someone I, I work with is an American guy. I really get he's a great bloke, but he was talking about how when he was in on uh, doing some work in Poland for our company that um, the hotel he was staying that the first morning he went down and he, he asked for a, a large bucket of ice. OK, I'm not quite sure why I wanted it for, for something to do with water, I guess. I, I don't know. And it took him a long time to say explain so they would give him a bit of advice no 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 i need more than that and eventually got to bucket size and he was happy and they were all looking like he was complete nutter and then the next morning um he went down and said i'd like you know the same thing i had yesterday and they looked at him oh okay this guy wants the same again great we'll sort that out for him and then the third morning uh, it was it was ready for him so uh, two things one um weird became normal in that context one um but two he then said to me fraser what do you think do you think that was weird to do that um, and I said, of course it's bloody weird. Who goes around ordering buckets of ice, you know? Um, but I suspect in the US that might be quite normal behaviour. Unless, unless we know what it's for, I'm, I'm, I can't decide whether it's weird. I'm going to say, chilling, I think it was... Chilling a bottle, sure. Yeah, no, I think it was for chilling his... Either for chilling water or for chilling tea, maybe? Like, because they're into iced tea. I think it was something like that. Or, hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, whatever. But I feel, but I feel like you missed the key element there, Go which on. is... Well, what... What was it for? I think I probably knew that in the story right. at the time. Okay. I've just forgotten okay. that. Forgotten yeah. it. So yeah, it's something yeah. a bit mundane. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. that, but but yeah, unex, unexplained makes it weirder, mm. right? I think in terms of you know thinking about the the if there's no if there's no explainable reason Let's for something happening. Let's say he wanted happening. it for water. Simple as that. Yeah. He wanted it okay. For water. Less weird. But if somebody was ordering a bucket of water every day, a bucket of ice every day, and nobody knew what it was for. That becomes weirder, I think, because of the the unexplained aspect of it. It's like the you know one of the reasons the balloons are. If everybody knew exactly what the balloons were for, oh, the Chinese send spy balloons over. Mm. Less weird, but mm. where it's like we think they're spy balloons, but maybe maybe there's something else going on here. Mm. That mm. becomes more weird, I think. Chris, pick, take us somewhere. Well, I was just going to say, you know, so that, so we sort of talked a little bit about. Um, responses and I, I, I think when you think of lots of those things that Nick was mentioning there I think one of the things that um, that characterizes them uh, is is this is the public reaction to them and I just want to talk a little bit about um, Stanley Cohen the um, the South African criminologist who who kind of developed the theory of, of, of moral panic 
Um, and and you know, in all of those cases, especially this this recent one of the of the balloons, there, there is an element of of moral panic about them. And his definition of moral panic was a, a condition, uh, an episode, in this case an episode, uh, a person or group of persons, the killer clowns, um, that emerges to, to become defined as a threat to societal values and interests in some ways. And, and, and he, he gave the sort of um, the seminal example of, of uh, the mods and rockers as a sort of case study where, you know, on the first sort of day of the, of them sort of meeting up, there were mild acts of vandalism and you so mean the on. Battle of Brighton the Beach? The ba Battle of Brighton Beach, exactly. Um, and and over time, uh, the press ex there was a sort of vicious cycle of exaggeration of of the tensions and the activities, and then actually that inflaming tensions so that they became sort of more real. But the but the point is, you know, broader society. Is uh, is assessing a, um, a threat as being well beyond its actual its actual sort of concern to you know that, that it would be rationally sensible to to, to be concerned by, um, and and he sort of talks about the idea that you know in order to generate. Um, uh, th this idea of sort of moral panic, you know, one of the reasons it occurs is because you get this symbiotic relationship between, uh, or sort of mutual interest between the media, politicians, and sort of law enforcement, you know, uh, type, type mm. um, activities, and that it's all in their interests to make this thing seem seem very very threatening. And he, he says, um, you know, you, the, the sort of progression of this is that you get this. Um, kind of focused attention on on the actual threat it's, itself, and you get this developing gap between um, the concern and the actual actual threat, and then the the cycle itself. You 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 know very similar echoes Nick's pattern of weird you know how weird news is received. Um, that you you get this sort of uh, discovery of the threat, then you get kind of public hysteria about the threat, then you get punitive legislation or action, you know, shooting balloons down or bringing in laws to stop rave parties or, or whatever it might be. And then and then a loss of a loss of interest and, and perhaps a ruin of the the actions that were taken um, at the time. So I, I think it's, it's interesting to sort of think, you know, that's a very common reaction to these kinds of weird, you know, bits of bits of weird news. Lots of those examples Nick gave are things that society has panicked about what's the do we anyone what's the etymology behind the word weird it sounds like German, come from it? an anglo-saxon word meaning fate i think yeah like the weird sisters in yeah. macbeth i think i think it's i think it's your your weird is your fate um, so it's con connoted with predestination and the occult i think um okay so i've got i've got a kind of general theory of weirdness mm. uh, and it ties together some of the stuff we've been talking to uh, talking about really um so a weird phenomenon has first of all to be improbable the the actual phenomenon has to be improbable um and uh, 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 and i think that's that's true it, it, so improbability is important because things that are relatively frequent even though each individual thing might be a bit unexplained um you know like yeah, we don't necessarily know who left that bit of rubbish outside on the street but that's not weird it's unexplained yeah but it's it's the phenomenon isn't unusual so so it's not that doesn't count that's first off improbable sort of phenomenon something rare has to happen um 
But that's not enough. So we also have to have a lack of an explanation for it, right? And this is that's really important, mm -hmm. or at least some uncertainty about w w what the correct explanation for yep. it is. Um, but I think the the last piece of the holy trinity of weirdness is that some of those explanations might turn out to be very significant for us, right? So so it's where we have an unexplained phenomenon that uh, unusual phenomenon that might indicate some new threat or development about which we should be concerned. Yep. So that's my that's my three part theory of weirdness: mm -hmm. improbable, unexplained, important. Right. So I, I've I've sort of um, I, I've sort of put together some um, uh, some a kind of list of of, uh, of things that are you know, it might fall into that category. But so uh, this is a kind of list of weird phenomena, mm. right? That, um, I, well, there's, there's, first of all, are they real? That's the first thing. I mean, obviously I've assumed in my three-part theory of weirdness that the news uh, has to be true. So you could say actually really it's a four-part theory because because being being true is the first part. Because actually, a lot of weird phenomena turn out not even like the the phenomenon itself turns out not to have happened. Mm. Um, but so things that have at various times been uh, been reported that uh, fall into different ca or, or make different grades of weirdness according to my schema, right? Mm. So, but I've actually started with a list of things I think are fake, right? Things that don't actually happen. Okay. Um, spontaneous human combustion. Out of place artifacts. That's when people find, you know, a, a 20th century transistor inside a million year old rock. Yeah, it does happen. Um, teleportation, levitation, poltergeists, and associated phenomena. Um, apparitions, ghosts, and things. Um, weeping, weeping statues. Um, stigmata. That's when people get uh, the marks of Christ. Um, the cryptozoological uh, findings. That's things like the Yeti and the and Bigfoot. Um, Messiahs, the, the the appearance of a new messiah, uh, and uh, yeah, so that's that's my list of things which where the phenomena itself, like it probably isn't, he probably isn't the messiah. He's probably a very naughty boy. Mm. Um, so then we've got to the thing. Then we get to things which uh, are real and improbable, but I think ha are explained, right? Already have an explanation, and uh, that would include crop circles. Now, if you were alive during the nineties, you probably remember. Remember crop circles. They were massive news. Um, and for a long time, no one had a clue what was causing them. They were real, right? They were definitely crop circles. Um, and and the reason that was weird was because people felt that there was no way a human could have done it. And that, therefore, the only explanation were kind of unusual weather phenomena or aliens, Yeah. right? Um, out of place animals. That's when you get like a jaguar on Dartmoor. And that kind of thing. The the uh, the Fortians call those ABCs, alien big cats. Um, but often, usually they are actually just a real a real big cat that's escaped from a zoo or something. Yeah. So um, obviously unexplained flying objects or aerial phenomena is is a slightly more modern term. Um, they're real. They're probably not aliens. They're probably explained by things we already understand. Um, and um, and then but then the uh, just in terms of these weird phenomena the things that are real and i think still unexplained and therefore really interesting um ball lightning ball lightning. ball lightning it's moderately well attested that people have observed 
um, floating balls of lightning that move slowly around, right? Um, okay. Are they are they big or small or where? They're, they're apparently about the size of a football. But in a storm? No. Just... Yeah. Well, no one really knows because there's no f proper. There's no real video. They kind of them. high up in the air or like they they, they float around or... perhaps at head height. Right. So this could be one behind Chris, as it were. And, yeah. yeah. Okay. Animal rain, f falls of fish and frog. Yeah. Okay. Um, Strange, unaccountable noises like uh, you know the the, the great uh, Dorsetshire hum and stuff. Right? Okay. Well, there's, yeah, there's let's not go. Towns, yeah, I mean, there's okay. towns where where there's weird hums, um, uh, and uh, obviously like unexplained disappearances, things things like you know what happened to Lord Lucan. Mm. Uh, I I mean they're as as I said like still unexplained. They're improbable, still unexplained, um, and then incidents of mass hysteria as well, which which while we have observed them and they're definitely real, um, we don't necessarily know. Uh, why they happen. So anyway, that is a list of common categories of weird thing mm. that you hear about. And I've popped them into those those categories. But um but yeah, so so I think for me the most interesting weird bits, weird things are the things that meet all of those criteria. So okay. so so real, right? That's a hard thing to get to. Often the thing that is being reported isn't real. Um but uh, also unexplained and important. So I think the Chinese weather balloon meets those criteria, actually. Okay, just to say, um, <clears throat> it feels to me like weirdness is a bit like a joke, um, which is if you explain it, it suddenly just ceases to be funny. Mm. And I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm feeling a bit, you know, cast down about this because everyone mm. likes weird stuff, right? Um, but as we're explaining this, it just feel, as we unpick it, everything feels less weird and less fun. Well, I've so got, I've I'm got just a saying, psychological theory about that. Which okay, we'll get on to because I'm not having fun anymore. I was having oh. fun at the beginning, but you know, well, that's sad. Um, it is, isn't it? Um, so let's have Chris or Jordan pick up, and then you go back to this theory you were talking about, uh, Nick. Yeah, I was just going to say those are all the Nick mentioned all those weird things, but I guess it's also what you do when you're presented with that those weird bits of news. Like, how do you um, how do you process them and what do you make of, of them? Um, and I think it's because, and I think one aspect to that is that the news tends to exaggerate trends that may not reflect reality, um, probably to sell more news. Mm. Um, so like, you know, this, this could lead us to, you know, fear things that probably won't kill us like a nuclear power plant and things and, and, and not fear things that probably will kill us like a coal fired power station or something like there's um there's there's something about um the way the news operates uh that that kind of signals to us whether something is weird or not and then how how we should perceive it, it it's sort of it's like the news tangles our perception of the world mm. um which uh which then uh leads us to kind of make judgments about what what's weird and what's not mm, mm, that's mm. that's right and just sort of kind of picking up on that there, there's um there's a study by um or not study i suppose a, a a a treatise um by a an academic from uh soas uh, um a guy called mark neal uh which was about um preparedness for the discovery of um uh alien life right and um, and one of the points he makes up front is that like it's not ridiculous to study this this thing right it's 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 you know while while there might be elements of improbability about our you know alien life being discovered in our lifetime it's not it's not 
beyond the realms of possibility that there is alien life. In fact, most, you know, m most sort of people suggest that there probably is alien life somewhere in, in the universe and that, you know, it might be within, not touching distance, but it might be within observability distance of us at some point. Um, and, uh, and he says, and yet, uh, people interested in the possibility of, of alien life are generally marginalised and viewed as cranks and, and weirdos, um, you know, even if they're sort of pursuing this in a relatively rational rational way. Um, but he looks at the, the sort of the perceived... He, his angle is... is he's, he's sort of in um, a kind of a finance and management uh, kind of faculty. Um, but his angle is disaster study, right? And he's sort of saying, well, this is a, you know, a, a very high impact but low probability event, just like, you know, other things that we we become prepared for, albeit it's unprecedented. Yeah. But um, and, and he looks at five scenarios that that are possible and sort of thinks a little bit about what the disaster, you know, um, uh, kind of responses might need to be not in detail but in a high level right go on hit um, us with them and we'll decide right. what we should do so that there is no life right so that's the the uh, you know the the boring sort of status but it turns status out that's quo the scariest on. thing of all yeah mm. right um that there is life but it is unintelligent life uh mm. you know it's sort of bacteria or you know sort of not very sophisticated um, uh, organisms. Um, them. That there is intelligent life, but it is no more uh, technologically advanced than than us. So, so it is, it is immobile, right? It, uh, but it is communicative, and so we receive some signals from this this life form. But, uh, um, but you know, we know we're not going to meet up with them anytime soon. Are they being generally friendly, or are they? Mm. Well, at, at, well, at this, at this at stage, it yeah, um, uh, uh, he, he talks about um, uh, that they are intelligent, um, but more technologically advanced than us. And that uh, and then the last one is that they have already been here and are already or are already here. And mm. so he sort of talks about, um, you know, uh, kind of things that that you might need to think about. And, you know, in the event that that it's unintelligent life, you know, the main sort of threats are. Um, some sort of potential incursion into our ecosystem. If we discovered it somewhere, we, you know, actually, if it was within our solar system, for example, and we looked under a rock and there it was, and and we brought back samples, and it turns out that was a not a good thing to do for some reason. Um, in the event that it's intelligent life, but not more technologically advanced than us, he talks about sort of some of the socio-cultural risks. Like basically, they're not going to come here and impact us in any way but we sort of freak out as a result of this in some way or you know societal sadly i feel like it would be on page page seven by the end of the week you know mm. yeah We've i think suddenly discovered aliens so great no it's really yeah, exciting I, for, yeah. for a day or two well and then well we all go yeah, back to normal. i mean it's is it what's, what's the south african film district District uh, Nine. Oh, District yeah. Nine, yeah. District Nine, where effectively, you know, everybody's uh, amazed, and then eventually they just become a nuisance yeah. to, to everybody. I, mm. think, I think you're probably right. Yeah, um, uh, intelligent, but but more t tech advanced. That's that's the whole sort of War of the Worlds kind of situation. You know, we actually get get in, in, invaded, or you know, actually they they, um, they so they're hostile to us, or they turn up and you know bring smallpox with them, you know, or, or something, um, and. Uh, he, he more or less dismisses the idea that that they've already uh, been here or, or are already here. But mm. effectively, the problem there, were that to be the case, would be it would be a bit like finding out you 
you were adopted you know it's that sort of like oh my god you know um that that sort of collapse of your belief system and and, and yeah. so on so a lot of the impacts are not are not actually about what would physically happen to us it's about our response which yeah. i think comes back to 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 Jordan's yeah uh, Jordan's also point. it's got me wondering about you know if it's a bit of a, a coin flip or mm. not as to whether you get the Vulcans turning up or the Klingons right or, mm. so anyway yeah, yeah um, is, it, is it the aliens from aliens mm. or is it uh, the ETs because they're really cute and cuddly yeah right yeah. exactly um, now look uh, Nick go for it I want to hear a point from you and then we kind of got to finish things off yeah so I suppose um, you know all the things we talked about uh, I, I just want to probably make the point that um the reason we find it so interesting, why weird things are interesting, is because we are hardwired to want to find explanations for things, right? Mm. And particularly, I, I, what I'm saying is it's rational. It's rational for us to focus on weird things because, you know, because they can be, they, they might be important. They demand could an be explanation. A they could be a threat. We've evolved to want to explain things that are fall into that category. Um, so I guess the, the other half of the kind of um, Fortean uh, mentality is, is looking for those explanations. And I think that this is where, you know, working out what, so I guess you have a bunch of, let's say, very low probab probability explanations that would be absolutely groundbreaking, e.g. aliens. And then you have the mundane explanations for things. So just looking at the looking at the kind of weird explanations, which you know, were we ever to get confirmation of this uh, for a given phenomenon, would be really big news. Things like you know, well, all conspiracy theories, you know, posit a great, a, a very important kind of potential threat that there is some conspiracy of something happening. Um, that it is aliens in some disposition or other. That it's the result of magic or religion. Right. So if that was true, if it was true that something can only be explained because of magic or something, that would have a massive impact on our scientific worldview. Um, and, and into that, I'd say eschatology. Is it a sign of the end mm -hmm. of the world? End of times. Yeah. Um, is it is it the work of ancient civilizations? Again, mm. that would be groundbreaking if it were to turn out that, you know, ancient civilizations were far more technologically advanced than we thought. Or is it the result of just some weird science thing? Like, is the Earth flat? Is perpetual motion po uh, possible? Um you know, and, and sometimes those really weird scientific theories turn out to be true, like quantum quantum mechanics. Um, and of course, very mundane explanations are that, um, well, it, first of all, that it has a scientific explanation and we know what it is, uh, but also that it's just a coincidence, that it's a hoax, that it's some sort of cock up. So um, often the, the, the argument, the, 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 the extra bit of weirdness which you often get with weird phenomena is that pe people often it, it will look a little bit like it's it's an explanation for a, or the explanation itself falls into one of the weird explanation categories mm. so so yeah that's that i think that sort of why you get weirdness tied together you get an interest in weird phenomena tied together with an interest in weird explanations um but i i suppose all, all i perhaps want to round round off before i get on to some examples of how you can sort of think about this is that what it implies is that things don't stay weird forever. Weirdness is only ever a temporary state that a phenomena can be in uh, because once it is explained, even if it's caused you to have to radically Ceases revise your worldview. So, yeah, I mean, and I've got, I've got a few examples of that. Um, which, well, yeah. I was just, just before you go into that, I was, something you said there made me, th made me think um, about theoretical physics you mentioned you mentioned science you know scientific theories and so on but i think if, if you look at where a lot of theoretical physics sort of bounces around um it 
it it is intuitively very weird you, you know i find i find relativity weird and i find quantum physics even weirder the concepts within it and the 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 more sort of you know in pop, popular science books the more i read about sort of theoretical physics the weirder it gets you know mm. the progression of time what is the nature of time and i wonder whether there that whole community is basically just a, a set of cranks who are chasing <laughs> chasing weirdness you know they're they're, they're all they're, marking they're, each other's homework all, all marking each yeah. other's homework but 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 you know obviously very useful things come out of that which kind of speaks to your point of of there being some broader utility of of chasing something that looks weird but not obviously useful to you and then you know hey presto suddenly you've got quantum computers or something yeah nick yeah, so I've got some examples of things that were weird and now we don't think of as weird because we've explained them and they're not. So the um, the existence of rhinoceroses, blue whales and giant squids, I think they're really weird if you think about it. Rhinoceroses are basically unicorns. Um, I still think giant squids are weird. Blue, yeah. blue whales mm. are the biggest animals ever to have lived. I mean, they're all things that if you if you were in the 15th century and someone said, did you know there's this animal as big as a church? People would go, don't be silly, talking fibs. But, you know, we uh, totally accept them now. The, the Litvinenko and Salisbury poisonings, yeah. mm. super weird. Totally mm. explained by Russian um, naughtiness. Um, the sh shrinking Arctic ice mm. and heating up of the world. It's preposterous. Can't yeah. be possible. Yeah, no. but, it, but exactly. But the, like, actually, that's pretty major and pretty weird. But I think we, we all agree on the explanation. Um, the, uh, the, the balloons, of course, we've discussed. You know, again, sort of now they're kind of explained and we've fitted it into a, an understanding and a narrative, perhaps less weird. Um, and then, the, of course, the Godzilla egg. We all know about the Godzilla egg, don't we? Uh, a big ball has washed up somewhere in Japan. Oh, oh really? yes. Yeah. Um, as yet, I think, unexplained. But uh, so, you go. so there's a little bit of weirdness still still there. But yeah, I guess that's... So I, I suppose my I've got a little guide to how to interpret weird news uh, to tell you whether to be hysterical or not. Okay. And it, it's basically, first of all, is the data real or fake? Mm. If, it's, if it's improbable... Your presumption should be it's fake unless you've got really good evidence for it, right? So start with that. Um, is it actually a new phenomenon? Could just be one of these, you know, like a moral panic. Could be just something where we're saying something new has happened, but actually this thing has happened lots of times before, uh, like the balloons. Turns out there's actually been loads of these balloons. Is it genuinely unexplained, right? Um, is it a coincidence? Is it a hoax? Uh, is it explicable through, you know, scientific uh, knowledge already? Um, and finally, uh, does it significantly raise the possibility of an explanation that's uh, that's extremely significant if true? If all those are true, panic time. Mm. However, unfortunately, I think most of the time, well, nearly all the time, the answer is no. It doesn't meet all of those criteria. But but there we are. Mm. There's my guide to how to how to deal with weird news. Yeah, yeah. We answered the question. We investigated the question. Um, I prefer just the question, a different question. Go on. Well, well, no, well, what's weird? Yeah, because you, when you narrow it down to news, you have to, you know. I, I, yeah, I, I think I, we I'll covered it. Yeah, I, we did, I, we did, but yeah. I, a little bit like your bucket of ice story, I, I've got a, a weird story about when I ah. worked for, for a government agency, which I find very weird, and I still can't get my head around it, but there was um, uh, the Phantom Pua. 
Oh, um, God. Okay. Uh, so in the office I worked in, there was, there was somebody and um, uh, Pooh was found in the office. Uh, like, like on a desk? By the, by the cleaner. No, no, on the floor in the, in the morning by, by a cleaner. And, and this happened on a number of occasions, like, let's say, you know, half a dozen occasions or something. The, the, can we call them the Phantom Pooper of Whitehall? The, the Phantom Pooper. Oh, well, this was this was a um, out of London right. office, but hmm. um, and I just find that super. Oh, still, super still unexplained. Weird. Still unexplained. Nobody, nobody caught. No CCTV. Uh, yeah, um, exactly. And someone out there knows the answer. I know. Yeah, we need just staring at you a bit. Yeah, here, Mulder, if you Mulder, crack. Mulder and Scully on the case. Yeah, um, that's kind of. I, w I wanted to ask a question, but we don't have time really. But that's kind of preempted it. I feel slightly. Yeah, not. Yeah, um, it's because it's weird, Fraser, and it's unresolved. It's thr thrown yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, we'll stop there. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Chris Rag. Nick Hare and Jordan Fermanis of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye.